send one of theirs to the morgue. You don't know what hard times are, daddy. A paradigm shift. Welcome back to another episode Some for some reason because we still do this. Uh, Missing the Marks with your lovely co-host, uh, Kyle Salas. That's me. Hi. Uh, shooting the shit with my, with my boy, Nathan. How you doing, Nate? You troubleshooting over there? I know you got some problems going on right now. Yeah, we spent about 10 minutes, already, you know, whatever the hell we were doing. So long story short is my audio. I can hear everything like between me and this conversation right now. But like if I have like YouTube open or Spotify or whatever, uh, it's just not happening. So I'm a bit upset. Um, I'm pissed. And uh, yeah, you know, great, great start to this day. I... I like that. I feel like in every episode, I think I can have a counter. I think you say, I'm pissed in every episode. <laughs> Something always happens that just gets you a little riled up. Yeah, that's not fun. It's dumb. Like, just stop. The world needs to stop. You see, <laughs> like, my, my mic stand just keeps, like, slowly creeping up low, like, lower and lower. Like, I, I thought I tied it pretty good. And then it just, like, drops lower and lower whenever I put it up, like, out of my view a little bit. So I can just kind of focus on everything. It's like that episode of Family Guy where Lewis is, like, nagging at Peter, and then, uh, you know, he just has that comic book going up and up <laughs> while he's nagging. Oh, you're terrible. What the hell was that? Oh, that's my ringtone, dude. Oh, <laughs> little Yoshi? Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me finish the rigmarole. Uh, uh, I lost it. Uh, before we start, I do want to remind everyone that we can... You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and all the podcast services around the world. Uh, Spotify does let you rate, so please go rate us five stars. Even if you think this is a one-star show, just uh, just be a little liar. Give me give me the five stars. Give Nathan the five stars. Uh, it helps Shoyo get fed, uh, even though I don't think he needs to be fed, because as Nathan says, he's pretty fat. So he He's like 11 pounds, actually. I don't know how big Cat's supposed to be. I think maybe 10 pounds, so... But no, uh, I think, it, 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 I think it's that's not, fine. It's not my fault, okay? Because all he wants to do is sleep and eat all day, you know. And I, he just complains. He's just come constantly complaining that he wants food. And then, like, if he, he doesn't, doesn't get it, he's just like, oh, I'm not, you know, stop being stupid." Yeah. <laughs> who who needs to stop being stupid? The sound settings. How about that? Start that for change. Are you still messing with that? Yeah, I'm still. Messing with all this stuff. What is going on? Dog, oh, get your get your shit in order. Get your house in order, LaRusso. <laughs> I get that reference. <laughs> Love oh, me yeah. some Cobra Kai. Anyway, on this week's episode, as always, I want to start off with WWE because that's the best promotion in the world. If you want to see the best wrestlers in the world, you go watch that. Uh, according to some people uh, that are related to people who host this podcast, that's not named Kyle. So, who the hell said that? That's the garbage. Did you not just hear the little explanation I gave? It's people yeah, who are related well, for- to the co-hosts. <laughs> First of that all, are not named you know, Kyle. This is a, it's sports entertainment. Okay, you're screwing up the brand. <laughs> brand is the most important thing out there. You're pissing me off. <laughs> Listen. All, all I'm, I'm just reiterating that if you want to watch the best wrestling, you go watch WWE. Apparently, no, because it, it's sports entertainment. It's not wrestling. Wrestling's a dirty word to some people there. You know, it's not wrestling. It's not wrestling. Yeah. 
God, I mean, um, I mean, I mean, none of these are good. God, we really, we really did break the mold like two weeks ago, and we had nothing but good things to say and anticipating the rumble. But man, I got some notes here. Um, uh, so basically, Brock Lesnar is set uh, to it's it's uh, God, it's in the plans basically to make uh, WrestleMania the the headliner should be is going to be Roman Reigns, the Universal Champion. Taking on Brock Lesnar, uh, quote unquote, the future WWE champion in a title versus title match. There's a lot of internal struggles. Man, we didn't even spit silly, did we? Should we spit silly? Fuck WWE. Let's push this off a little bit. We caught, we caught, hey, we caught the playoffs. <laughs> we caught it right, baby. I know we did. And then the Pro Bowl is coming up. And uh, yeah, we, uh, oh, wait, the Pro Bowl already happened. I'm sorry, my already happened. Because yeah, I was reading the subreddit for NFL, and then some guy was like, uh, Kyler Murray picks up where he left off, throws a pick. <laughs> the I, was like, I was like, I got him. Get him. Get him. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, God, dude. Uh, the Super Bowl is next week. You got Bengals, Joe Burrow, taking, taking the whole swamp with him. Joe Bungle, and, uh, baby. Dude. I mean, after that Rams and Niners game, I mean, I feel like it's pretty well decided. It's written in the stars. It's inevitable, like Thanos, that Joe Burrow's coming for that ring. I mean, that that LA team just did not look great. And against the Bengals, I don't think they're going to hold up. Uh, nah, I got the Bengals winning, baby. 76 to butthole. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like Matt Stafford, but uh, uh, Joe Burrow's coming for that ice. Hey, he's bringing another cold for another Arctic blast <laughs> to the Super Bowl. California's going to be frozen over. And oh, it's in Inglewood. It's in Inglewood, right? We're Super Bowl out again. Uh, I, I, uh, God, you're putting me on the spot here. I am putting you on uh, the spot. Yeah, figure it out. Uh, Get him. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. You're really, yeah. Oh, I'm tensing up. Come uh, on. Uh, Come on. Come on. What fucking Super Bowl is this? Come on, come on, you got it. Yeah, Inglewood. Yep, yep. That was. Yeah, yeah, I got it, baby. Why'd you do this to me? I got it, baby, dude. I got it. You know we're going. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I think it's gonna be. Here's my prediction: thirty-five to. Boho. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call thirty-five to ten. I think. Uh, I think. I think the Rams' best chance are getting the score is the very beginning of the game, and I think they'll score once. They'll get a field goal by like the end of the second quarter. And then big old goose eggs for the third and fourth quarter. Yeah, here comes trash city, dude. That defense, that, that, the Bengals, the Bungles defense is going to do good. Oh, oh, Kyle, I, I, I got some bad news. My computer is going to be forced me to restart. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Well, it's just you and me, audience. He's restarting. We lost him to the ether. I hope our recording pick that up because that's going to be hilarious to put that in the edit oh how you doing audience uh you should leave me some feedback uh i appreciate y'all listening very very awesome of y'all to listen uh yeah i'm doing good you know i got three dogs got a little sheltie uh a little mutt he's a lab bloodhound no that's not right you're dumb uh, not you, audience. Me, I'm dumb. Uh, he is a boxer slash lab mix, and then we recently just got a basset hound. And my god, basset hounds are annoying dogs. Don't get a basset hound if you want to sleep peacefully because he will howl 
I'm just rambling to this point of fill air. I don't even need to fill air, honestly. I could edit all this out. Is dude. this going to make it into the cut? I don't know what. Oh, hello? Dude, Jesus. Jesus. Hey, and my microphone's good? dropping again. Yeah, my microphone's dropping again. The stand. You tying it a little. <laughs> tying it a little. Everything's going wrong today, dude. <laughs> as soon as I get on this podcast, as soon as we get on this podcast, it just starts freaking declining all over the place. Uh, plagues break out, famine. All that fun crap. <laughs> War in Russia. War in Russia. Uh, they're going to do it. Do it. <laughs> hey, I can't get drafted. You, uh, No, you can't either. You're safe. You're the youngest. Uh, yeah. So you I don't, you're good, you know, baby. I don't you're, got a significant other. So, hey, nah, he's, uh, he's got a girl. He's got a fiance and everything. So if, he gets, if we get the call, I'm going because he's got more to live for than me. In terms of like other relatives, you know, I'll, I'll go. You got, I'll go. You got show yo. What the fuck do you mean he's got more to live for? I go with my parents. I go and uh, uh, complain and tell the Russians that I think Rex Ryan's fat. You know, whatever. <laughs> Are you still gonna do the podcast while you're in Russia? I don't know, dude. <laughs> it depends how freaking hard my ass is getting blown up or something. I hope we don't. I hope no one goes to war. No one wants war anymore. War's hey, what fun. is it good for? Am I right? Oh, I did it. Dad, Daddy landed the plane better than Sully did. That's a callback. No, Sully landed a plane in that movie, dude. Tom Hanks did a good job. Yeah, but he could have just avoided the fucking birds, bro. No, the birds flew into the plane. Didn't the birds fly into the plane or something? Like, it was... I, I don't know. They, they knew the migration. They said it'll be okay, and he drove through it. He didn't care. That dude, either way, that pilot's a hero, because he, you know, landed a plane safely on the Hudson. So shout bro, out to... Bro, no, he he just did his job. He ain't nothing special. Well, wasn't he awarded a bunch of stuff? Yeah, me and you, me and you aren't qualified. Or let's just move on to the topic because I don't think me and you should be saying anything bad about Sully. You want me to get my li- my pilot's license? I'll fucking do it for content. I'll do it. Uh, I mean, you can. I'm not stopping you. The world's not stopping you. But you know, would, I'll would, you, be, would you be would you be proud of me? I'd be proud of you as much as I'm... I'll be about half as proud of you as I am as Sully. Because I'm more proud of Sully. What the what fuck? I'm your, I'm your co-host, fucker. Be proud of me more. Sully landed the... Pl- Why are we talking about this? This is great enough the rails. <laughs> Would you rather talk about WWE? I know you like the party, but the party never stopped. No, you like the party, but the party never stopped. That's not an answer that I was looking for, but you know what? <laughs> what do you think? Okay, let's go to WWE. Let's pop through it because we've been rambling. We've had computer restarts. Four, I'm looking at my 401k right now. Volatile markets. You know, there's a lot going on here. I just want to say you've had computer issues and restarts, not me. My, my shit's running smooth. Smoother than the Pina, the Nina, and the Santa Maria, baby. All the way to colonialism. It's fine. I'm good on my end. I mean, I'm, I'm going to leave those remarks alone because there's so much to digest there and there's so much to really talk about there that we could have a whole different conversation and it's anyway, not great uh so basically yeah let's get into wwe so basically there's a whole lot of bullshit fallout from the royal rumble it's awful um if you haven't known shane mcmahon the prodigal son of vince was recently just let go from the company because uh, apparently he had a bunch of plans for the Royal Rumble where he was going to be number one. He was going to be the Iron Man. Uh, as you know, he debuted like towards the end of the match and no one really gave a shit. 
he got like the cheap pop, I guess, for a few people, but he was really like gung ho about overproducing this and they let him go. So just because your name's Big Man doesn't mean you're safe in that company either. I mean, I don't blame them. Shane's kind of an egomaniac, it feels like. So, but that's a whole other can of worms with the Big Man's. Uh, do you have anything to say about that? I don't know if you give a shit to one way or the other. God, where do I start? Um, oh, he's got a rant going. Uh, where do I go here? Dude. I <laughs> what, a, what a music choice. Like, this is, this is what I'm represents the Tom Fuller of WWE, but where have I, where, I have never heard of Shane McMahon being an egomaniac or being hard to work with. Like, for as far as I've known, he's always been a down-earth, decent dude who's, you know, taking, like, he's taking a lot of punishment and has been willing to do a lot of the stuff that, you know, some of the boys or whatever wouldn't want to do. And, like, I, I've, from my understanding, he's not a bad dude and he's well-liked in the locker room. So I don't know where this is coming from or what's going on. But if you want my personal take, I feel like he's kind of getting some of, like, he's being blamed for why the Rumble was, was crap instead of people, you know, Starts at the top, okay? The rumble, the rumble wasn't good. The rumble was garbage. It was trash. It was, it was on one really redeeming match. And it's not Shane's fault. I just feel like he's being out of it. I mean, you know, it's just, it doesn't make sense to me. But I'm not going to go into the conspiracy hole or whatever. Maybe Shane had some ideas. Maybe he did throw a tantrum. Maybe he did have an ego. I don't know. But I just feel like it's the scapegoat for why WWE can't improve its product when really the, the problems are uh karma you know dustin poirier said karma's not a bitch she's a mirror right so i'll leave it at that Ooh, i like that i like leaving it off from that he's the dustin poirier world champion former world champion mm -hmm. um but yeah that's i mean there's a lot of internal shit in wwe there's only so much that the public will ever know and how much it'll be uh you know held to the chest and whatever but moving on anyway uh brock lesnar is in the plans for the wrestlemania main event uh it's being proposed by both paul Heyman and lesnar really heavily uh that the main event for wrestlemania should be a title versus title match where you have roman reigns on one side as the universal champion brock lesnar on the other side as the wwe champion which he just dropped to bobby lashley at the royal rumble um so it feels like, and I hope they don't do this, but it's it seems like they're going to want to try to lean into Brock Lesnar beating Bobby Lashley uh, in the Elimination Chamber in Saudi Arabia, which there's a lot of jokes I can make, but I'm going to take the high road for once in my life and not take the jokes, but they are there. And if you know what I'm talking about, it's not hard to think of the jokes I'm trying to make here. I want to make here. Um, but someone pointed out on the Squared Circle subreddit, oh my God, what are you playing? What music are you playing now? Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is uh, it's not it's what plays in my head every time I talk about WWE and how dumb it is. Uh, so someone brought up an interesting statistic on the Squared Circle subreddit. If Brock Lesnar beats Bobby Lashley, uh, he will have beaten every recent uh, Black World Champion, uh, basically every Black WWE Champion in history. The Rock in 2002, Kofi Kingston in 2019. Remember when he squashed him in five seconds and they never touched on that again? Uh, Big E in 2022. Uh, and Bobby Lashley, it seems like. So, you know, WWE. Think, hold up, hold up. I think we talked about, like, way back in a couple, like, the first couple episodes, I think. Big E had just gotten a title. 
And I think I can't recall the exact conversation, but I don't know if we took a wait and see approach. But you know, everyone was happy for Biggie. I was happy too, but I mentioned the point that it's gonna be a trash title run because W just can't book it for life, and it, it, it's gonna it was doomed from the start. Like I didn't have any faith that it was gonna be anything good and anything grateful, or not grateful, anything good with the with this title run. And sure enough, no fault at all to Big E. I mean, dude tried. It's just the booking surrounding his title run was garbage, and he had a lackluster title run because the the company failed him. But yeah, this it's, is where we're at. It's crazy that of all people to not book very well they did it to biggie i didn't think they could i mean i thought that they were gonna give it like do right by him like they did with kofi kofi had it pretty well um until he didn't and he got squashed but i mean uh it's an inevitability at this point when it comes to wwe uh i don't get how nathan's cousin says this is the best wrestling promotion in the world uh, but we'll we'll move on <laughs> at him <laughs> No, oh, we got we got to have him on here to to I want to I want to dissect his brain and I, I I'm not gonna judge him I'll be silent just I just want to hear why he thinks this is the greatest wrestling company in the world. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You can you mm-hmm. can take this you can take you can take the song out whenever you want. <laughs> oh, it ended. It ended. It ended. <laughs> it ended right on time, baby. <laughs> oh, look at that! Perfect. Uh. In other news, uh, god damn, Goldberg's back again. He's going to challenge Reigns in Saudi Arabia. There you go. Uh, if you didn't know, they love their part-timers. Brock won the Rumble, Rondo won the, the Rumble, and now Goldberg's going to challenge Roman in Saudi Arabia. So there you go. Uh, Goldberg versus Roman Reigns, the blood money pay-per-view uh, headliner. Thanks, Saudi Arabia, I guess. I'm glad AEW exists. I'm glad there's other promotions, man. I just, I just can't with WWE. I just can't. Dude. It's so deflating, man. Just. Yeah, I mean, I oh, mean, how many times else? can we? How many times can we say the same thing? We you like. You know what them, I'm looking forward to? Tonight, when I watch Righteous Gemstones, I watch Demon Slayer and I watch Attack on Titan. All new episodes I watch before I go to bed. That's what I'm looking forward to. That's what I'm happy about. And of course, everything else that's not WWE. Did that brings me joy. Did you read the Attack on Titan manga? Yeah, I finished it. Okay, cool. So you, you already know what's going to happen on the, the newest episode. It's wild. Okay, this is going to be a big spoiler because I want to predict what's going to happen. And so if you yeah. are not caught up with the manga, or if you're not caught up with Attack on Titan, five second pause because I'm starting talking some spoilers in five, four, three, two, one. Hey guys, this is Kyle from the future. Uh, skip to 21 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 seconds if you want to skip Attack on Titan spoilers. Uh, goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Okay, this is what I think is going to happen. The episode is going to open up with uh, Yimmer Fritz's backstory and how she met the, the Eldian King and how he basically enslaved her and like repeatedly did stuff to her to make children and then had her children eat her and stuff. Basically that whole backstory of Yimmer Fritz and then it's going to come back to how Aaron told her like, hey, at the very end of the episode, it's going to be Aaron tells her, hey, you don't need to listen to him anymore. You're free to have your own will. You want to be free like me? Here's your will. Do what you want. Don't listen to Zeke. Don't listen to anybody. And that's where, like, she helps Aaron with this pow- with her powers. And then at the very end of the episode, the wall titans that surrounded all three major major points, districts, whatever, all come out to the... They, 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 they reveal themselves to be the colossal titans. 
and then the rumbling starts. That's how I think the episode is going to go. Yeah, no, you uh, you nailed it on the head. Is that uh, is the episode out? Like, it doesn't come out till like six or seven, right? So our what time? the fuck? Are you, no, what the fuck are you talking about? It's already yeah, I already saw it. Cause uh, my friend, oh, you uh, serious? An- yeah, my friend anxiously texted me and said, uh, "I think they animated the panel you're always talking about." Because I've been waiting for one specific panel, and this was one is declare you know, when Aaron is the founding titan and he declares war. And he declares that the rumbling's gonna kill everyone who's uh, an enemy of Paradise Island. Uh-huh. And the rumbling begins, baby. It's finally happening. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had a pretty good prediction of where. So, okay, I, 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 I got it. I knew exactly what was gonna happen this episode. Hell yeah! I feel so, I feel so good about that. <laughs> yeah. So strap your little strap your little butt in because it's it's kicking off, and there's still seven episodes. I think you're in the. I think it's yeah. in the last, like, so, 16 chapters or so. Yeah, so some of my friends were talking to me like, yesterday about, like, how are they going to finish all the episodes? It's like, you know, uh, uh, they were like, I've been reading online that the pacing, like, no spoilers, but the pacing's not going to match up to the amount of volumes. And, like, first of all, you got to remember that a lot of the volumes that are left were devoted just to blood and gore. <laughs> that is the rumbling. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure, like, although, like, let's say, I, I can't remember how long the, the rumbling took place in terms, like, of volumes and stuff or chapters. But I'm pretty sure they'll knock out two volumes worth of material within yeah, one or th- there, within one or three episodes, and then the rest are regular paced episodes. There, there's a lot of and the the pacing's fine because the last few chapters are a lot of just exposition, and you can make seconds equal a thousand pages real quick, especially with yeah. all the exposition that they do in Attack on Titan. <laughs> so they have 16 uh, chapters left to catch up to the end of the manga. And you got seven episodes, so two or three episodes, uh, like chapters an episode, you're good. You're golden. It's gonna end fine. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure the next two to three episodes are gonna be all the rumbling, and then, well, the rumbling is, is the battle for Earth and for Heaven and Earth is kind of tied into the end of the rumbling. So pretty sure the next three episodes are gonna be that, and then the last two are just gonna be the exposition where it ties it all together and then the ending. And there's rumors that it's gonna be an anime only ending. I personally. I get the purpose of the ending. I understand what the ending was. It's stupid. But it was... If you're the type of person that's like, I don't want any happy ending, uh, I want it to be crap, and it's always going to be crap, and that's how it's going to be, you're going to love this ending. Because, you know, it just... It basically left off on a really bad... Like, a really note, like, okay, nothing was resolved. The the loop's going to keep on going, and that's how it's going to be, which I, I understand, I get. I just didn't think it was conveyed well. Everything up to the ending was was conveyed really well, and then the ending kind of fell flat. But I understand what I was trying to say. Anyway, by the way, Kyle, when, when we put this episode out, we're gonna have to put timestamp like, "Hey, from this part to this part is all Attack on Titan spoiler." So if you don't want to know the ending, or if you don't want to know anything about the newest episodes, shut up right here. Just skip all this part. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll make sure to put timestamps. Uh God, I I yeah yeah I'll put a I'll put a big timestamp. I'll I'll probably cut myself in. Uh, so I can say like, hey, we're gonna talk about spoilers in a few seconds. If you want to skip like spoilers, uh, skip to this timestamp, and I'll do that for the people because well, I. Can't why are you cutting in? I did that. I warned the people. I gave them five seconds. Okay, now you're taking well, my spotlight. I, well, That's no, because I gotta, I That's gotta kidding. say That's what kidding. time it ends. You dipshit. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. God, I didn't even want to say that. I don't know why I said that. I'm sorry. You just get me so mad. Oh, don't get mad at me. Anyway. 
Uh, but yeah, go watch that show if you want. Uh, I'm a little iffy because God, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty good. Um, but the creator's also an imperialist. But anyway, I don't need to open that can of worms. I'd rather talk about Joe Rogan and uh, him getting canceled, or I guess getting canceled. So the right says. Anyways, I'm just like being touchy on a lot of. <laughs> in yeah, you're 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 you're, uh, you're touching on a lot today, man. You know, you just uh, I I understand you're trying I, to entertain, but you you don't want to work yourself into a Joe Rogan situation. Listen, all I'm gonna say is that there are people like MMA fighter Ben Askren out there on Twitter and with his millions of followers, and he's apparently so convinced that fucking Joe Rogan is getting canceled and I don't get how he thinks that when he's still on a million dollar contract for his dumbass podcast but anyway that's just a dumb idiot white male republican trying to cry about things that aren't really happening anyways I digress Ben Askren or Joe Rogan? no Ben Askren Oh, <laughs> how, oh. how is Joe Rogan getting canceled when he's still making millions of dollars for a dumb podcast uh, I'll, look I don't I mean, you can have yeah. this conversation in private because I don't care. You know, I don't care to have it in private either. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to something that we do care about, and that's AEW. Because, <laughs> uh, did you finally watch it? I know you were you had Tool on Wednesday. Oh, dude, speaking of Tool, that Tell was a great show. Tell me about Tool, yeah. Okay, we're just been silly. We're spinning silly throughout this whole episode in between. We're not doing I, it my, all at the beginning. My third eye was bright and open. My friend, my buddy next to me. He's, you know, he's he's put, he's in his mid-30s and stuff, so the body's not as, you know, durable as it was back then. But when the grudge came on, he was 20 again, and he started headbanging his neck, and he's still having neck pain, I think. Uh, beer was flying everywhere because he was drumming, and I was next to him, beer still all over me, but I love the guy, so I don't really care. But it was a good, good show. Uh, Maynard came on, and uh, Fear and Oculum started off, and during the whole intro, he was like, good, 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 good evening, San Antonio. Be me. I'm 57. Trying to be 47. That 47-year-old is trying to be 27. So in order to do that, the body requires nourishment. So I go to Grubhub. I put my order in. The driver's got two orders ahead of me. He finally picks up my order. 5 o'clock. On the way to drop off my order, he gets carjacked. So there's some asshole driving around this city in a 2002 Prius with my Mugu guy pen. How the fuck was y'all's day? <laughs> I started laughing. It was so funny. <laughs> he said it with such genuine anger, too, and disgust. I was like, oh, my boy. And then uh, they played Push It. They played The Grudge. They played Fear Inoculum. They ended with Invincible. Um, they also played The Patient off of Lateralis. Chocolate chip trip. Um, I feel like I'm missing some as well. Oh, the second song was Opiate. And that, that is a banger. That's like off their, their very first EP. Uh, I think called, is it called Opiate to that EP? Anyway, yeah. But, dude, it's good. It's like, choices were always a problem for you. What you need is someone strong to guide you. Deaf and blind and dumb and born to follow. What you need is someone strong to guide you like me. I hate... Okay, I'm done. <laughs> I, always I, gotta... I, 
I was gonna say I only like Ten Thousand Days. That's my only album I really like from Tool. What? Yeah, yeah. I'm in the minority of Tool fans, I guess. Wait, this isn't a meme. This isn't a meme. I just, I just feel like you can't appreciate the greatness of Tool. Okay. I mean, I, I, de- I, I can. I, I appreciate. They're really talented, but like me personally, I can. I only listen to like Ten Thousand Days. Have, have you given any other album chance? Yeah, I've listened. To- to all their albums, Ladder is. Dude, uh, how can you not yeah. like when when, uh, when Parable comes on that don't um, and the humming starts? Like maybe it was humming way before Kid Cudi was doing it. Okay, so everyone that's you know needs a reality check on that. But dude, when 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 the Parable goes in from Parable to uh, Parabola and that guitar comes out, no 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 how do you not vibe with that? Like I. Tr- I transcend, like, I leave this body and this mortal plane and enter a new realm, spiritual realm full of ghosts and the, the, what the, 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 the shades from that movie with Patrick Swayze were like, ghost? I see those, I see those dudes and then I see uh, Casper and I see like, you know, the warp from Warhammer 40k and I'm just like, oh. Choosing to be here in this body. Kyle needs to listen to Lateralis again. Uh, whatever. I'm, I'm about to throw on tour when we're doing this podcast right now. I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm putting on tour right now. I'm putting on Lateralis. I'm putting on Parable. So throughout this, the rest of this episode, I'm transcended, okay? You're talking to... to to Nate Transcended. I'm third eye completely open. Uh that that's a song off of Ten Thousand Days to Third Eye. I'm, I'm all here. Bill Hicks. Boom. You lost you me. You lost me somewhere along this little journey that you took me on. You lost me because somewhere. you you did not come with me. You did not transcend with me. You may speak to me, mortal Kyle, for I am higher. I am a bigger presence. I am on top of clouds. I am Rosetta Stoned. You know who's not on top of clouds? Brian Kendrick, because he was not allowed to compete after all at AEW. Yeah, Dynamite. so let, let, you, let's make a, let's make a quick mention. No, let's hold make on. A quick you didn't even answer my question. Did you actually watch Dynamite and Rampage? Really all caught up? Yeah, I, I watched both of them, by the way. Okay, okay, perfect. So anyway, uh, a little backstory. Uh, earlier in the day, before Rampage, it was announced that John Moxley would be taking on the newest signee of AEW, Brian Kendrick. And if you don't know Brian Kendrick, he is a veteran of the indies a veteran of wwe one of the longest reigning tag team champions with paul london back in the glory days of wwe smackdown uh he was a cruiserweight champion when they were trying to make 205 live a thing and failed miserably and ran into the ground but, uh, but you know you know let, let's just keep it short and simple yep some old things surfaced up brian kendrick saying some very bad things and he was rightfully taken off and replaced by where yuda and that's all we should say that's we should leave it there and move on to the actual. Well, you know, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I was gonna say what he actually said. I'm not, I'm not gonna touch any more on it, but I will say what exactly what he said. Uh, I, I don't care to hear it. I mean, that's fair, but he he was a Holocaust denier, uh, a Sandy Hook uh, conspirator, uh, and yeah, and uh, I think he also downplayed the pandemic in in a sense. But that's like the least of like the the worries on that list. Anyway. Uh, these old tweets got resurfaced, and he was promptly pulled off the card, and again replaced with Wheeler Yuta, 
And that match kicked off the show. Wheeler Yuta getting a chance at getting his uh, loss back from John Moxley. Uh, but it wasn't going to happen. John Moxley thoroughly beat his ass. Uh, John Moxley's looking great as ever. I'm very happy with how they're booking him. He's looking strong, looking fit, looking lean. Uh, after the match, Brian Danielson shows up again after he showed up at his John Moxley's last Rampage match. Cuts a promo talking about how they should team up, uh, become coaches to future stars, you know. Uh, Sean Dean, uh, they should take Dante Martin under their wing and really make a powerhouse stable. Uh, Brian Danielson tells him to think about this and get back to him. Uh, and I think this is leading to a fantastic match at Revolution between the two men. Uh, I agree. Well, realistically, I don't see John Moxley going up against, uh, joining up with Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson. But <laughs> is, uh, I'm transcending. So the, the Wi-Fi connection between the mortal plane and the spiritual realm, you know, we don't got fiber yet. But, uh, <laughs> but I, don't, I don't see John Moxley joining up with Brian Danielson. Uh, I see him doing the lone wolf gimmick. He's probably going to reject Brian Danielson, and then Brian Danielson with all those people he named are going to jump him because those people already got into the fold. And Brian Danielson's going to beat John Moxley at a future pay per view event. And you're going to have his faction run wild for a bit. And man, I'm pretty sure one or two, one of them is going to end up taking a TNT title. And they're going to be the new dominant faction for a bit. Also, while you have the Adam Cole storyline going on. But Brian Danielson, I think, is going to definitely run through the mid card scene for a good while. With John Moxley, I mean, you don't need a title in that match. Maybe the TNT title and stuff, and then you could probably push for the Daniel Bryanson or Brian Danielson going for the world title along with Adam Cole, and then maybe Kenny coming back. But there's a lot, lot of thing moving parts there. But that's where I think it's kind of headed. Oh yeah, I mean, I definitely don't think Mox is good. We all seen what happens when someone tries to recruit Mox. He uh, destroyed the inner circle for a bit, took the world title. Uh, but I mean, this is gonna lead to a really good match. Obviously, these two men are storied veterans, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a good match. I'm just very excited at the prospect because we did get robbed of this match, uh, for lack of a better term, after Moxley had to go into rehab. But we'll see how it plays out, and actually look forward to how it plays out. Unlike WWE, when we say let's wait to see how it plays out, um, uh, WWE doesn't exist in a spiritual, uh, transcendent plane. No, AW is <laughs> the AWXT from up here. From this, uh, from this body. Yeah. <laughs> from mm -hmm. the transcendent plane. Are, are you waiting for me to speak? I'm not going to continue. Come on. <laughs> Come on, man. I thought it was like one of those things where you're going to do a rebuttal and then you're going to go on and start going on the thing. Anyway. Move on. What the, it, the fiber connection. Just going to move on. We're just going to keep moving on uh, because the next match on the card was packed. And Penta El Cero Miedo, Death Triangle, taking on Knights or Kings of the Black Throne because nobody in AEW knows what the fuck it is, I guess. You have Justin Roberts saying Knight. You have the TV thing saying Knights. But they're ranked as Kings and all their merch says Kings of the Black Throne. Nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. This dumbass bingo hall company just fuck up all the time. I'm sick of this promotion. Anyway, the match was great. Mm -hmm. Match was... Match it was, was great. great. I love everything you're doing because here from the King's Mountain View, here from the wild dream come true. I I I totally bought into the red hair. Knights of the Dark oh. Throne come through. 
Oh, love, I love them, dude. They're giving me, they're, they're, they're transcending right now with me. I see Brody Lee and I see Malachi Black, and they're just making this spiritual plane all black, all darkness, and I love it. It's great. I, I seriously love everything they're doing. Their entrance is badass. They carry themselves really well. There's still two more members that have yet to be revealed, and I'm curious who they will be and where it's going to come to, but I look forward to that faction coming out and, you know, doing big things, man. I'm, I'm like, they're, they're, Every time they come on, man, it's the high point of the show for me. I love, I love everything about it. I, I totally bought into the red herring, and because I thought Pack was gonna turn on Penta here. If you didn't notice, uh, Pack's ring gear was the exact same colors as Malachi and Brody. Good so writing. I thought that, huh? Good writing. There's so yeah, many moving I, parts, intricate parts. It makes makes you curious. I, I, I thought that it was a red herring when Penta or in, when Pack was like enthusiastic about teaming with Penta again. I thought he was going to turn on Penta towards the end of the match, but no. Uh, Malachi and Brody picked up the clean win uh, with some more black mist uh, spit into Penta's face this time. So uh, who knows if they'll turn Penta? It's it's always curious because it's not a guaranteed thing, but it feels like it should be. So it just gets you more interested. You know, every time they do this black mist. It just feels. It just keeps you wanting more, and that's how you. That's how you have creative uh, decisions that intrigue your audience and make you care about them. You just let them do their thing. You let people who know what they're doing take the reins and run with it. Because Malachi Black, he's got all of this in his back pocket. He's so good at storytelling, and I'm very excited to see where the future of the House of Black goes. It's very layered storytelling. There's there's very there's a lot of layers, a lot of nuance. It's 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 like. It's like it's it's Final Fantasy, <laughs> Final Fantasy fourteen book. <laughs> it's, it's good. It's Game, of, it's Game of Thrones before it got bad. <laughs> oh, I was about to have an argument with you, but no, we can bring up Game of Thrones. No, I, I mean the books are solid, but the show went. It was good and then went bad. Anyway, I personally uh, think George R. R. Martin wrote himself into a corner. Doesn't know how to do it, and he's just buying time. Oh, for so. sure, for sure. I mean, he's, he's got like what, never, five years. He's never gonna finish it. He's gonna let his like family like release the posthumous book, and it's gonna be like. Well, I mean, the ideas are there, but he's dead now, so can we really blame him? It's going to be something like that. Yeah, I, I just don't see him ever finishing it. Yeah. Uh, oh. Moving on, this next segment was the worst fucking thing on television I've seen in so long. Oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> the Dan Lambert, well, uh, but rewind a little more. Uh, Brandy Rhodes is out in the ring, coming back from commercial. Crowd's booing her. Uh, she's trying really hard to, to like remind everyone that she's a heel. Uh, everybody chants, shut the fuck up because not because they don't like her as a heel, but there's just no interest in hearing what Brandy has to say. Uh, Dan Lambert comes out. He, there was a really good remark where he said, wow, they're cheering for me and, <laughs> and I'm a white Republican crazy that they're cheering for me and not you that was pretty good i love how self-aware aew is and i love that dan lambert doesn't give a shit and he'll say whatever comes to mind dan lambert's a great promo i don't care what anyone says i never have i i enjoy when he's on the mic it's funny as hell this, it's pretty tongue-on-cheek but i just i i know where you're going with this and i think brandy did the best that she could and stuff but i just don't this isn't cohesion this isn't cohesion and this, this isn't work it's not too much working for me personally. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's working for anyone, honestly. I, I the first time they got into the ring together and they they had their bars, I was entertained. I like that, but now I'm just like, it's almost like two heels having it. But you know, 
Warwick. <laughs> oh, you're reading the notes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I uh, the, and this was all this was all kind of angled as a way to get hype for Paige Van Zant making a in ring debut, and I just don't think you needed all that muddled bullshit, the shit talking anymore. We've seen it already. Uh, it God, it just kind of dragged on. You can tell Brandy was shake, was like shooken up a little bit from the crowd's reactions. Uh, I mean, no, nothing about this segment really worked for me. If if the Malachi and Brody Lee tag match before this wasn't scheduled or didn't happen, this would be like one of the longest, like worst, like segments in all of AEW history. But thank God, uh, it's not happening. So we'll see. We'll see what's going on from here. Yeah, Mimi yeah. Sammy is fucking funny. <laughs> third, third eye memes, dude. But yeah, uh, God, I, I guess they're just gonna move forward with a Paige Van Zandt versus Brandy Rhodes match. But who honestly gives a shit about that? Not me. I'll tell you that much. Paige Van Zandt goes over and a squash. I'll be okay. She won't. Brand, you think Brandy's gonna let herself get booked to lose? I don't think so. Uh, that'd be that'd be funny. That'd be great. <laughs> I think. I think That's it'd be fair. good. That's fair. You know. You know what? Yeah. Okay. Book it, TK. I'll, I'll allow it now. Yeah. Book it. Nothing against Brandy. I like her work. I just don't think this is what this pairing's working. I've so, never liked put, a put, put over, thing Brandy Rhodes has done. <laughs> put over. Put over America Top Team. You know. Let, let her beat up the, the Stephanie McMahon of AEW that everyone thinks she is. No disrespect to Brandy. It's just that's how the crowd sees her. And it's, let's move on. That's how she books herself. But anyway, I digress. The. uh the lone women's match of this show came in the form of Ruby Soho taking on Nyla. Uh, Ruby Soho, Nyla Rose, too. Uh, rematch from the TBS Eliminator title tournament. Uh, that was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, there was a weird spot where everybody was arguing that it was, a, it was a botch and everybody was making fun of it. All the WWE marks came out in drones and were like, oh, look how bad the women wrestlers are. But anyway... Ruby Soho goes for a riot kick, her finisher, while Nyla sat on the top rope in the corner. Uh, Nyla does hold on to the rope. You can clearly see it uh, so that Ruby can't execute the moves, and she falls flat on her back. But the way they shot it with the camera made it look like Ruby just kind of slipped into the air. <laughs> it was really weird. Oh, yeah, I uh, saw yeah, that kick. That was a... Uh... Yeah, you, I mean, you can tell, like... And even the commentators, Excalibur said, like, oh, Nyla... Learned from the last time because that's how Ruby won the last time. Uh, she held onto the rope so that Ruby couldn't get the kick, and then Nyla went right into her finisher to win the match. But I don't know, people are always gonna try and belittle women's wrestling, especially AEW, because uh, it's the cool thing to do, I guess, is just to bash AEW and say how it's not up to par with WWE, apparently. Yeah, and no, I don't, I don't like that. I mean, there's just fair criticism, I understand, but you know. I'll Here's, I mean, we're, we're, we're consumers of our product, right? So we, we could criticize and stuff, but quite honestly, I can't do half, I can't do like 99% of the crap that those men and women do in the ring. So I'm not going to be like, well, I would have done that. Like, no, I don't know what I would have done because I never done it. And I'm not trying to be, uh, so shout out to them. And I, just, I also want to give a special shout out to Jay Gargo because I, so, you know, she was on talk as Jericho and she talked, basically talked about how she understands the criticism and knows. And, you know, she kind of deals with it in, in her own way and stuff. But she's come a hell of a long way. And every week is just better and better. And, you know, she has a goal of wanting to 
being a Daniel, like being Brian Danielson match guy where she's having 30 minute barn burners. And hell, I support that 100%. I would love to see a 30 minute barn burner match with, the, with one of some of these women, man. Like, Jake, Jake Cargill's doing, doing that work, baby. And, uh, fan, she'll never, she'll never know this or anything, or she probably won't ever care, but I'm proud of her. <laughs> I'm proud to see this. This girl's coming a long way. From where yeah, she first started, I, I I love I love watching her journey, man. I, I think she's gonna be she she has the potential to be like Bianca Belair esque and stuff too, and that's another great wrestler, uh, probably one of the best in one of the top ten in the world. If I'm being honest with you, yeah, I'm I'm a sucker for seeing people like you know hit the ground running, and um, I saw the snippets and some uh, some quotes from that episode, and she like you said, she understood what she was getting into, and how when she debuted, you know, she's had less than thirty matches up in her career at this point but she's learning as she goes um as you know i was openly criticized like criticizing the decision to put the title on her but i mean she's proved it every time she goes out there she's looking a hundred times better more polished and i mean shit in like five months from now it's going to be a whole new wrestler we see out of jade cardkill not the powerhouse do four moves and she wins so it's gonna be great um it's it's cool to see her really grow as a performer and uh, seeing her carry matches is going to be really interesting, and I'm really excited to see that. Yeah, 100%, man. I'm excited to see where it goes with her. Uh, but moving on to... Uh, I'm pretty sure you're going to crap on this, but, you know, Hangman, Hangman on a page segment with Lance Archer and also Chris Jericho decided to call uh inner circle meeting, and in that promo to me, he was kind of being the delusional old man heel that he is, and Acting like a scolding parent. This to... man called himself Courtney Kardashian. What a jackass! I hate Chris Jericho. Oh, you getting worked? <laughs> yeah, no, that was yeah. good. That was good promo work. Um, is is that the part you thought I hit? Or you thought I hit the Hangman thing? No, the Chris Jericho because I know you don't care about oh. the inner circle stuff. Yeah, but... I'm 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 more on the side of Sammy and Santana and Ortiz are better off without this group. I think Jake Hager is a part timer. You know, he's an MMA fighter. It doesn't really matter what happens with the inner circle, but Sammy and Proud and Powerful have such a higher ceiling without Jericho than they do with him. So it's time to cut him loose. Fuck the inner circle. It's dead and buried. It was bad creative. Get rid of it. No, it wasn't bad creative. I just think it overstayed its welcome, but I think they realize that and, you know, they're moving forward with it. I hope I think, so. I, I, think if it, I think if it ended on the, when they should have, like, they, they put up, if they lose to the pinnacle, they should have disbanded forever. I think they should have disbanded at that point. They should have lost that match. And ended on the high note. Yeah, 100%. 100% agree. It's been way too long, and they haven't done anything of substance with, you know, how long they've stayed around. So but but either way, yeah. Take that exactly. horse to the pasture, put a bull in its head, and make glue out of it. Um, oh, let's rewind to the hangman. <laughs> oh, man. I'm a little feisty today. I don't know why. I don't know what's, I don't know what's gotten into me today. You're, you're letting loose. You're out of control. Yeah. I'm ready to fight Joe Rogan. I'm ready to fight Dan Lambert, Chris Jericho, and Brian Kendrick. I'll fight all these motherfuckers. I don't care. I think I thought Joe Rogan would probably kick your ass, dude. That dude knows. <laughs> he's pretty Bro, sick. have you seen how bloated that man looks? And he thinks he's the peak of physic, like physical physical. No, like I saw, I saw a picture of like how bloated he looks because like I guess he takes all these all that, hormones or something. Yeah, he takes that human but growth it, hormone it, shit. It, dude, his stomach, dude, stomach looks terrible. But I, I've seen him do his kicks on punching bags and stuff, and sh- damn, they shot like shotguns, dude. That dude, that dude, kick. 
Hey, guess what? You sidestepped that shit. Anyway, I want to retract a little bit to the Hangman uh, Lance Archer promo. Uh, this promo was mid at best, I think. Um, I, I love the feisty Hangman, but he, he was mentioning a few things that I've thought for a while at this point. You know, he's been champion for what? 80 some days at this point and he's had two matches and it's kind of infuriating a little bit um i wish we could see more of him we saw kenny every week when he was the last uh world champion um we barely see hangman what every other week at this point uh this filler feud with lance archer just needs to happen already i'm excited for the texas death match um i'm hoping that is an open and shut case you know lance archer coming back from injury getting a world title shot and then going back into the ether of the mid card because man, after that last match again with Lance Archer, I feel like he's just a shell of himself at this point. And that last match was just not great. And I just kind of want this to be over with as soon as it can. Uh, I'm enjoying it thus far. It's not the greatest, but it will do. I feel like there's more interesting feuds. But I will say, from my memory, so correct me, Lance Archer has not lost a Texas Death Match. Since AEW started, I think he's been in two previous ones. One against Moxley, and I can't remember the first one, but I don't think he's ever lost a Texas Death Match. Yeah, yeah, I think I. Yeah, it sounds accurate. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, I mean, let's if we're being real, we're calling we're calling you know spade a spade. I, at this point in his career, I don't think Lance Archer was world champion material. Let's just be real. Well, he's like forty two right now, right? Well, I mean, just like in like the position where he's at on the card and like how he's used, like not even age, just like that guy isn't world champion material, especially for AEW of all promotions. Mm, eh, I, I think booked right, it could be a decent, it could be a, a good oh, transitional champion or something. But uh, I see what but, you, I see your point. And, and, and that's the thing, you know. I feel like lesser companies would make him a transitional champion, but I can't see AEW using their world title as transitional in any like scenario i think tk has a real like passion for the business obviously mm-hmm. and he wants to make every world champion you know mean something not just have a transitional champion i don't yeah i, I understand I, that I, but i kind of i kind of thought the same thing with new japan but then like they had some traditional some transitional champions like that i think that evil run i think he got with the didn't he win like the past two or three years within the past two or three years and that was that wasn't good <laughs> It it wasn't good, but um, uh, uh, Gato basically talked about how Evil had really worked for it, and it, it it just didn't click, and they just decided like, hey, all right, we got to backtrack on this. Like, this wasn't the call. They they killed Naito's momentum after he became the double gold dash champion, but um, I I didn't see that as a transit. They really wanted to give him the reins. He just when he got up to the bat, he just couldn't you know he couldn't measure up so. It is what it is. But anyway, moving on uh, from the Jericho and Hangman page, we'll see where that goes. But um, man, AEW gave this last they gave the main event like forty five minutes in forty minutes. I that, checked. The, that I checked was my that watch. was a damn good pro wrestling match, man. Holy I love shit. every second of it. When the, AEW knows how to do main events, man, they know how to do them. When when MJF and CM Punk were making their way to the ring, I looked at my girlfriend Annie as we always watch the show on Wednesday nights, and I said, "Holy shit! There's still like 45 minutes left. Like, are they just gonna give them all of this time?" And sure enough, they did. 
CM Punk and MJF wrestled about 40 collective minutes. And man, this match was everything I've wanted ever since they've been teasing this. What they a story. Us, they CM gave us away Punk free. Told. They gave us away free on uh <laughs> on TV. On TV. And like well, okay, going going let's talk about the result because we will get into the match yeah. in a second, but the result. Yeah, for sure. Get in there. Two weeks ago, what was what, what was our predictions again? Because I said I thought I thought Punk was gonna win. And you mentioned that MGF was gonna get his first, was gonna have Punk his first loss. Now that it's happened, yep. what, what do we think? Because I'm happy with either decision, but I, I really like where this is going. And I really the the storytelling, so the layered storytelling is so good in AW when it, you know, when you could tell they're really invested in the story and they're like they're not just trying out things to see what clicks. Uh the whole Wardlow giving him the ring behind the back, and you don't see that to the end of the match. And I'm pretty sure people there saw what was happening, but you don't see that to the very end of the match. And then the announcers called out too, like they were flabbergasted. Uh, the big word I used it, but they were like taken aback too at how that happened. And I thought that was just beautiful storytelling and stuff with Wardlow coming and everything, and uh, you know how how that led to MJF getting the win using the ring. So that I, I was that was a wonderfully booked match. My my biggest criticism of the match is I think it went like five to seven minutes a little bit too long. There was some meandering in there, um, some some moments where it just kind of dragged out for the sake of this is a long match and we gave it this much time. But the the biggest thing about this match to me that had me wanting more of CM Punk was the story CM Punk was telling. Because throughout the match, he, he was showing that he could hang in there and go as long as he could, but his body couldn't. But between the struggling with his knee to get up on the top rope, between his, his joints kind of just like falling apart on him, like it was the story of the, you know, the, old, the old vet trying to keep up with the young bucks at this point. It's like Rocky Balboa trying to get back into the ring after so many years off. This, this was finally the match that CM Punk's body was like, oh shit, like we're, we're going too hard here. And I think CM Punk told that story amazingly. That's such a relatable story uh, where you think you can go back to your glory days like nothing and you have a string of matches where, you know, it, you, you kind of start thinking to yourself, maybe I can do this as well, if not better than I did uh, before I took so much time off. But this this was the first match that really pushed him into that long you know, 25, 30 plus minute match and his body just slowly started wearing on him. And um, I thought the dirty finish was uh, entertaining. I didn't think it was needed, um, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm not going to judge the match so harshly just on that. But man, MJF getting the win, uh, not once, but twice. And you know, he's going to talk about that. Um, this is an easy setup also to... Uh, you know, run this back at Revolution and Punk uh, taking up the win and maybe Punk goes, you know, more heel after that match because uh, he's going to go a little more ruthless uh, after he realized like, hey, I can't just look to have a really good match because my body might not keep up. So I got to I got to end shit quick and really hurt these motherfuckers. So uh, I, I'm really excited. I was so high off of this match. It was so, so much fun. Just pure mat wrestling. Uh, barely any high spots. Uh, and again, I I totally agree with MJF winning. Uh, he's gonna run this into the ground, saying that he beat Punk uh, twice. <laughs> oh, dude, the 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 Wednesday crap talking is gonna be historic. 
Yeah, it's gonna it's be. Coming. If you thought he was insufferable before, it's gonna be like, and everyone knows it. He knows it. I bet you he's just itching to to, <laughs> to cut that promo. I wouldn't be surprised if he opens up the show. Oh yeah, he has to. I would imagine that he opens up the show and just just shits on CM Punk for about 15, 20 minutes, if that. And now, where 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 do we take Punk from here? You know his story. Kind of again. I, I, I think you I think you run it back. I think he gets the next uh the shot at MJF and Revolution. Uh I think if he beats MJF, he would be what the fourth person I think to beat MJF and AEW. Mm-hmm. Um so you go from there. That pushes MJF's title shot, you know, to double or nothing. They they will probably have another special uh AEW dynamite somewhere between uh Revolution and Double or Nothing. And I think that's where you can ride the momentum of Punk winning from Revolution to get him a title shot uh, into a, a kind of like in-between filler pr- feud with Hangman after he retains against Adam Cole at Revolution. I'm calling it now Adam Page versus Adam Cole Revolution. Page retains, right? Oh, of course. And I already have this uh, scenario dream book. Okay, uh, okay, but- okay. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear the All talking. Right. All right, so so actually, this actually works perfect because we're going to segue into Rampage. But Adam Cole defeated Evil Luno to open up AEW Rampage, and afterwards, Adam Cole cut one of the most fucking cutthroat promos he's done since his Ring of Honor and NXT days. Man, he said that he's tired of being this Adam Cole that that people aren't respecting, that people aren't taking seriously, and I think it was kind of a shoot at some fans, the, the smarks online that are saying, oh, Adam Cole went from NXT champion to this because Adam Cole came in with the fire and said, I am calling my shot at the AEW World Championship. So here's how you book this, ladies and gents. Take a seat. It's time for story time with Kyle Salas, baby. Anyway, Adam Cole gets the next shot at Revolution. Hangman retains in the Texas Deathmatch. Afterwards, Adam Cole comes out beats Hangman down, holds the world title up to end the show. You go into, into your next Dynamite to build it up. Thank you for the music. And you start building up to Revolution. Uh, two former Bullet Club members uh, going at each other. Adam Cole versus Adam Hangman Page. At Revolution, Hangman gets the victory 1-2-3 clean with the Buckshot Lariat. But before that happens, Adam Cole tries everything to keep this man down. He signals for Kyle O'Reilly and for Bobby Fish to come down to help him, but who's gonna step out of the face tunnel to interrupt that? That's right, Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, baby. They're gonna get in the way because even though they're not friends with Hangman anymore, they still have that respect for him. They didn't interfere in the Kenny Omega match. They're not gonna let Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly interfere in this one. They're gonna stave him off uh, Adam Cole is going to turn back, get Buckshot Lariat to hell, and Adam Hangman Page is going to retain that title. Right after that, you have the infighting. You know, Adam Cole is going to turn on the Bucks. He's going to start jumping them with Kyle O'Reilly, uh, Bobby Fish, and who saves the day? I've been saying it for weeks at this point. Kenny Omega, by God, Air Omega is going to come back. He's going to make the save. The Elite. Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks are going to take on Paragon, Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly at double or nothing, and it's going to be glorious. A trios match for the ages. 
And that's how you book a show. That is actually very, very well thought out, and I want that now. <laughs> Ooh, God, man, me, me, this is this is my girlfriend too. This is where she picked my brain. I picked hers, but she was saying, you know, because me and her, some of the biggest Hangman fans, uh, she she was saying like, you have the Young Bucks stop Red Dragon from interfering. Adam Cole, that's the last straw. Adam Cole's tired of being a loser, so he cuts the Young Bucks out. And then Kenny comes back and it's all out war. It's gonna be glorious. I'm calling it right now. That that I, I want that now. I want it to happen. <laughs> That's the case. Let's go. Oh god, I'm sweaty. My pits. My pits got a little sweaty from that. Kyle, you should you should uh you should be the head booker. <laughs> I'm saying, man. I I got all the plans in my head, TK. Hire me. I need a better job. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, you oh. could be, yeah, maybe. I, I'd subscribe. Oh, man. Cut my music. I'm good. Oh, yeah. Let me, let me, let me get that. Let, let's move on. So, uh, <laughs> we, we're, getting, we're getting some movement here with another long-term story for the women that I'm pretty happy about. But before we get into that, let's... Quickly gloss over the Sammy Guevara versus Isaiah Cassidy for a TNT title championship. Uh, after a very heated cont contest, Sammy Guevara gets the win over Isaiah Cassidy. I actually really like this match. Um, Isaiah Cassidy is really coming to his own. He isn't the young, young, young buck that he was when he fought the young bucks. And I think he's really starting to come to his own. Um, anyway, Darby Allen makes a save after the HFO try to jump. Uh, our, uh, the boy Sammy and Darby pretty much makes his intentions known that he wants to come back for that championship. So we might have Sar Sammy versus Darby for a TNT championship and the program starting there leading up to Revolution. The match being a Revolution. And finally, finally. Hold on, hold on. There, there's some key points I want to get in on that real quick. Uh, Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn, private party, they need to leave the HFO. They're, they're ceiling so much brighter without the HFO. They're such a talented tag team. And how fitting would it be to have Darby versus Sammy Guevara at Revolution, where two years ago, they were on the undercard of Revolution. Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen, where uh, Sammy hit the 630 to Darby outside on a table. Uh, they were, I think, the fourth or third match to go on that night. But how fitting would it be Two years later, the guys who opened the pay-per-view are towards the end for the TNT title. I love it. Oh, no. I, I think that's a, that's a good segment, too. I think that's some good callbacks. Smart. There's a lot of history here. Right? We're smart. No, dude, we got... The, I'm, 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 like, I'm, like, getting, like, a contact high of ascending. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, start, you're starting to pick up my, my, my third eye, big brain material here <laughs> it's all in the chemtrails baby i'm feeling it mm -hmm. moving on to the next match between mercedes martinez versus thunder rosa i thought the match was all right i kind of don't really want to get into it ends in a dq with mercedes martinez hitting uh thunder rosa with the, with the lead pipe and but i want to get into the after effect which was Britt baker coming out during mercedes martinez's interview with uh tony chavone and Britt baker basically says that she hired Mercedes to take out Thunder Rosa because uh, you know Thunder Rosa made her intentions known that she's going to be going for the world title, and she's strongly hinted at that pretty much. So Britain Kayfabe Britt Baker brings in Mercedes Martinez to take out the only threat that she thinks to her title is right now, 
And, you know, now you have uh, you have some things going on between Britt Baker and Mercedes Martinez because Britt Baker was being Britt Baker and she kind of said some wrong things to the girl. And, you know, Jamie Hayter got in the middle of it before it could get any uglier. And, uh... Bro, yeah. how, how much is that match gonna fucking rule? Jamie Hayter and Mercedes Martinez. Oh, I thought you were talking about... I thought you were gonna talk about Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. I... Well, I mean, both I mean, of those matches yeah. are gonna rule. I mean, I mean, they're both gonna rule, but man, I'm, I'm so hot. I've been high on Jamie Hader since her stardom days, but uh, every match she's had in AEW so far have been bangers, man. She, she's, she's really good at what she does. She's not just the lackey or the muscle. She's a ten times the wrestler I think Britt is. And once she finally turns face, uh, her ceiling's gonna be crazy high after she's, you know, done with Britt. But yeah, Thunder Rosa and Britt, uh, this is where you start. This is the easiest like setup they have. You know, Thunder Rosa takes out the the hired gun Mercedes, and then she goes for the big dog Britt, and she finally captures that AEW Women's Title. It's gonna be great. It, it's such an easy setup, and it's gonna be gr- glorious. No, I agree, dude. Like, <laughs> first of all, Jamie Hader, I love watching her matches. She's definitely coming her own. The character work, you know. She's she she's she's uh she's got that vibe, bro. She's got that vibe. Like they don't fuck with me, I'll fuck your shit up and stuff. Definitely a big strong woman. I think her being in a match with a strong vet like Mercedes Martinez is gonna showcase just how awesome uh Jamie Hader is. And also while we're doing that, we have the the feud with Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker where Thunder Rosa, I feel since they're coming to San Antonio, she's gonna take the title off of her and uh at some point and have her cry have her cry like when's revolution again next pay-per-view is it is it after san antonio no it's before uh yeah revolution is march 6th and the san antonio show is the next week the 16th yeah so i think she's gonna have a crowning moment with us or with the san antonio so that'd be interesting that'd be that'd be awesome to see but we'll we'll wait to see how that plays out yeah we're gonna get that good book and show but anyway that's where i think it's headed with that and i'm excited to see Finally get some the main events of AEW Rampage featured Ricky Starks defending his FTW championship against Jay Lethal in one of Jay Lethal's best matches in his career. They finally let Jay Lethal, you know, have a a high profile main event, and Jay Lethal reminded everybody just who the fuck he is. Uh, this match is great. I'm so high on Ricky. I've loved Ricky Starks forever. Uh, Jay Lethal and him put on one banger of a match uh dante martin comes in proving that he's still so over and so white hot by taking out powerhouse hobbs um i i don't know where f the ftw championship goes from here i would love to see it more regularly defended but i mean they they do title defenses so far and few in between so we'll see we'll see where they go with that maybe it's an open challenge maybe they can do an open challenge like they did with the tnt title i don't know yeah, I'm a little bit unsure about the FTW Championship too, but I sort of don't really care because if it's an excuse to showcase some good matches with some stakes, I'm all for it. This match was awesome. Uh, I love Ricky Starks. How good is Jay Lethal, man? You know, everyone, you know, people who don't know him from his Ring of Honor days, he's been he's been oh. great for a while. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that I love his finisher, the springboard backflip cutter. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Every everything Jay Lethal does is is so good, and I hope we get to see more of that, man, because. 
He deserves too, to be in the, in the in the high mid card at least. Me too, but Ricky Starks, man, he's got he shoot. I know they talk about the four pillars of AEW, but Ricky Starks is the freaking foundation. <laughs> he's absolute baby. What more can you say about him? That's my bud. I, I love that dude, man. I, I, I love him ever since I saw him in NWA. Yeah, no, he's he's always been awesome. I hope I hope he gets more of a prominent role because that man deserves all the TV time in the world that he can get. Hell yeah, dude, hundred percent, big big strong boy. Oh big, man, big, and, big, uh, big good looking boy, big pretty boy. <laughs> man, man, damn, I, we breezed through this. <laughs> wow, yeah, I mean, shit. I know we're recording late, but man, we really uh, man, it was a really compact show, huh? Both of these. Yeah, what we time in about an hour. Yeah, God, ba- yeah, barely an hour. Like 10 minutes. They literally got an episode. (laughs) The quagmire. Bro, how about the new people? The new people were so good. Yeah, they were. That that and then they got that new girl too, and she 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 did pretty good, man. They did a hell of a lot I would do. (laughs) Like the fact that she licked the taser like three times even where it was fucking crazy. Uh you have have Sean Poopies, Zach Holmes, Jasper Dolphin, and Rachel Wolfson. One of the funniest parts to me, and I don't know why, but it just caught me off guard, is like this girl Rachel is so terrified of that scorpion biting her, and she's like, "Get it off, get it off!" And Chris Pointer, Chris Chris Pointer, gets her. She's like, "I get it off, but I can't do it without your consent." And he looks at the camera, <laughs> and then she's like, "Oh, get it off, get it off!" Because <laughs> it was on her, it was on her chest. And so she's like, he, "I consent, I consent." <laughs> yeah, get it off. I was like, "Jesus Christ, Chris, you're you're you're, you're a madman." Uh, there was only one part that made me almost fucking vomit, and it was the the pig cum. Oh, I couldn't do that. Oh, that was pretty bad. <laughs> oh man, it it was so like it was so just OG jackass, and I loved it. Uh, and then uh, when Preston shit himself, <laughs> <laughs> I, sh- I shit my pants. What? <laughs> I, I shit my pants. I, I shit. I shit my pants. Oh my god. The, the, the triple wedgie. Oh god. And then when he got that little uh, hydraulic pump and it just kept hitting Preston's nuts with them, I was damn. <laughs> the one part I felt genuinely bad about was Aaron when he was caught with the bear and like the dude looked like he was Bro, just oh, I've never seen anyone paralyzed with fear so bad like before that. Yeah, that was. I felt bad. I was like, Jesus, this is terrible. Yeah, that was that was awful. Poor poor guy. But I mean, what a what a love what a love letter to Jackass and man, that part with Ryan Dunn really hit me in the feels at the end. Uh yeah, man. Oh, I missed that guy. Yeah, me too, dude. Rest in peace, Ryan Dunn. I hope Bam can miss- come back and they, re- they resolve all their stuff, you know. I was I was just about to say I miss Bam too, but I really hope he can get all the help he needs. Yeah, man. Uh right. Ugh, dude. Anyway, it is what it is. Yeah, but they did say that there's going to be a 2.5 coming out on Netflix, and I don't think they wrote out another additional film after that. But 
I do think some of these guys need to stop taking some of these stuff that the younger dudes handle it. Yeah, Johnny Knoxville said that that bull hit he took in this movie was uh, the worst thing ever, and he actually suffered brain damage from that one. I believe it, dude. That was. I hope they that never have him do any stuff like that. City. I hope they never have him do any more stunts like that. Like Johnny's too old to be doing shit like that anymore. Yeah, he definitely needs to stop with the bulls. That was Concussion City. It looks so awful. Oh yeah, I was like, Ugh. I like it. I like being entertained, but I don't want y'all to die or be too jacked up in your sixties to have a normal life. God, good. What a salute! What a salute to Jackass. Uh, you want to take us home? I, I think we we spat silly throughout the entire. We peppered that in throughout the entire episode. All yeah, hundred percent. I'll take it home because I really got to use the yeah. restroom. But anyway, thank you everybody for joining us on another episode of Missing the Marks. I'm Nate. This is Kyle. As always, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other podcasting services worldwide. Um, interviews are exclusively on YouTube. We have three up right now. Looking to get some more. And when we do, we'll let you know. But as always, try to rate us five stars. And if you don't like us that much or whatever, you can't take Kyle talking too much shit. Give us five stars. <laughs> it helps us. It helps feed my cat. Uh, it helps Kyle. Uh, I don't know what it helps him with. Maybe he's a crippling uh, anger. But anyway, um, thank you again for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, Kyle, you want to say anything else to the people? Uh, the last thing I'll leave off with, and you can play the outro music here. I'm just saying, if y'all can say it, why can't Joe Rogan say it? Goodbye, everybody. Oh, you idiot. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. I was just like causing shit. That's just who I am. Uh, thank you for listening in. All the support again. Help feed my crippling anger and help feed Nathan's fat cat. Thank you, and I love you. Be kind to each other. Goodbye. Bye.